0: Garrick used to work for the Order, Bajor went on strike, Cardi's went back home, it's tough. So tough. Odo works the Tarek all day working for the man he does neck tricks for love. For love. They say we have to hold on to what we've got, doesn't make a difference if we make it or not. We've got each other and that's a lot. For love. We'll give it a shot.
1: Previously on the <laughs> Rules of Acquisition... Insert Major Barrett voice.
2: Last time on Deep Space Nine.
3: This
1: is a two-parter, but oh, I'm screwing up my flow already. Hello and welcome to the Rules of Acquisition podcast where, yep, we're going through every episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Yeah, it's great. I don't have anything clever to say about this second part of a two-parter, except that it's awesome. With me, as always, is James Nolan. Hey, guys. And Hugh Crawford.
2: Hello, gentlemen.
1: And yes, we are in an episode. Shit has happened and the die is cast.
3: Yes, this episode (laughs) is named The Die is Cast. It is episode 21 of season three. It originally aired uh, May 1st, 1995. And the IMDb description is as follows. Now rejoined with his former mentor, Garrick is ordered to interrogate Odo about the secrets of his people, While the joined Romulan Cardassian attack fleet moves toward the founder's homeworld on a mission of destruction, guys, I ate this episode up with a spoon. (laughs) (laughs) I I I tell you what, I'm not gonna lie, I this is this is why I like Deep Space Nine. Once again, for for a second, I was gonna say the exact same thing. This is this has got a lot of first off, this is something that I've noticed. For the first time, and I just wanted to kind of get this off my chest, and it happens at the beginning, so I think maybe we can start with it. But sometimes the obligations these legacy shows have to the original are a hindrance. And sometimes I think they can help unlock things that are untapped potential. And today, at the beginning, we see some sort of cliché... Scene where a commander of a station gets an order he does not like Mm -hmm. and he Defies that order, Cisco defies the order from some. I assume it was an admiral. I mean, yeah, it wasn't was, was uh, an admiral. Uh,
1: it was an admiral. It was. It was a
3: friendly white guy in a suit who called, who's overly familiar with Cisco. Yeah. So I assume it <laughs> right. was an, It was an it's, admiral.
1: Well, usually a lot of times the admirals are ladies, but
3: well, they had a good lady run, but yeah, yes, yeah. then they got back to the old white. Guys.
1: Ad- yeah, we'll old a- oh, admiral Todman,
3: <laughs> overly familiar Ben. Yeah, like you ever hang out, whatever, <laughs> old but, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. I mean, anybody who's ever. been been in middle management, knows the CEO is not calling you, yeah. doesn't actually know who you, you know what I mean? Okay. Or yeah. the vice president of marketing doesn't know who the middle managers are. So my point is, is that that's a very cliche Star Trek thing. It goes all the way back. I, think, I believe search for Spock where the old enterprise crew actually steals the enterprise to go look for Spock. Yes. The notion that regulations be damned, our friend is in danger and we need to go after him. It's an interesting concept to me because then you get outside of the vision of Roddenberry's Federation and future, and you get back to something that is very human, which is loyalty.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And that's. Right. And
1: so. It, it, and in a way, it's more like the original series. And I mean, Picard might have done this, but. I don't know.
3: I think there was there was a dame deregulation episode where I think with data where he's supposed to go be dismantled or something and he was like, Oh no, we're not going to do that and so right, they fought yeah. like there was so there was I mean, it wasn't as—there gal- was no gallivanting. I think there was just a lot of sitting in her rooms and talking very seriously. So it didn't have the same effect of taking the Defiant, which is named the Defiant. Right, right, and, yeah. And going off into a different quadrant. The
1: person I was watching this with, too, is, uh, oh, well, that ship's aptly named. And she yes. She doesn't know the yeah. ship So seeing
3: him do this sort of familiar thing within the Star Trek universe, you kind of see, oh, this character is very comfortable in the gray. And that's interesting Why don't we go in that direction maybe a little bit more? Do you guys think – am I just imagining that transition from – this is what Star Trek does. You go after your friends, the people you work with are your family. You go after them when they're in danger, but then it accidentally like taps into something in Cisco as a character that makes it interesting. He's pragmatic. He's yeah, there's, open to gray areas.
1: There's some good Cisco stuff in here. Like when we get into the specifics, I definitely want to key into a few important details. W- was that but, the
3: opening scene? What was the opening no, the, scene?
1: The opening scene, the cold open. The mimosas? Is <laughs> yeah, it's maybe it was there have, it's Bashir and no. talking
2: about the state of modern theater the
1: state of theater in the 23rd century which is yeah I thought was I mean it's a one-off scene not related to anything else except it's showing that Bashir is sad when he doesn't have Garrick to talk about theater oh that's right yeah
3: no I was thinking about mimosas with Tane oh yes oh yeah yeah
2: (laughs) yeah no it started with a nice sort of bookend to the the way the last episode well
3: and it actually has one of the best it's the seed to the one of the best callbacks of the where Garrick tells him about the Fall in the stars. Oh no, right, so. right, right, right. Yeah, that they're talking about That was actually some of the corniest shit. Yeah, that, I mean they have they have to say they have to say some. I mean Odo and Garrick both have to say some just horribly corny stuff, and they but sell they it. Sell
1: it so well. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is, I mean the cold open. It's it, the last episode too. Is almost kind of a meta commentary about the Federation, where it was like the last episode. Garrick was talking. Oh, you humans eat so fast and what does that mean about you? And this one, it's like Bashir just bitching about the state of theater which they're talking about theater that I'm pretty sure we don't know what the fuck they're talking about, which yeah, usually they go back to 20th century stuff, but I kind of appreciate when they talk about, you know, old stuff. 23rd century, that's the original series era. But
2: uh, it like, is it is nice to know that theater does I'm pretty sure theater will be dead by then.
1: Yeah, well, because, well, you know, Picard and Data were putting plays on for everybody on the enterprise all the day. Yeah,
2: yeah, but I, I mean, I always felt that that was a part of their sort of Shakespeare circle jerk thing.
1: Yeah, well, it totally is, but then this time he's talking about theater since the 23rd century, been on the decline of Wilhelm Held, Barton, and Chow Young were great, but these new guys are obsessed. Those old guys were great, but they're still a future to us, I, unless there's yeah. a Chow Yun that I'm a, not aware. The great Chow young Is that dead. a veiled metaphor for Wang Chung? No, sh- <laughs> shitting
3: on, like, old, like, I don't
1: know. I think it's just them being multicultural. And It's kind of a meta commentary on Star Trek because he's complaining. That's about what the, I meant. That's and what being I meant. obsessed with human interpretations of alien works while ignoring our own cultural heritage, like if sci-fi that gets all hung up on how aliens are without being concerned about. The humanity of it, and I see what they were doing there. But
2: Ronald D. E. Moore, he's so clever.
1: And O'Brien is like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And it's, we just it plays up O'Brien as like the working man, like. But she's like, "Did you hear anything I said?" And O'Brien's like, "Yeah, I heard every word." It's like, "Well, what do you think about it?" It's like, "Man." I don't know. I'm trying to eat here. My mom always told me that.
2: You've got other boys that could do this stuff for you. Right, right.
1: When's your boyfriend coming back, man? Come on. You come to <laughs> My mom always told me if you talk and eat at the same time, you do neither very well. I'm not the guy for this. And then it's like, oh, they're probably safe. If this ship had been blown up, well, we would know. And then there's a distress signal from Ops from Kira. And then Bashir looks worried because he's like, oh, we've got news that my boyfriend's Dead now, uh, the runabout that Garrick and Odo were on. But then they go into ops. And there's all these Tetrion, blah, 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 subspace energy fluctuations. And they're like, I don't know what it could be, but all of us watching are like, hey, it's a cloaked ship, you dumbass. Yeah,
2: yeah. The whole time I was like, yeah, I was like, <laughs> it's cloaked. It's, like, it's cloak. Come on,
1: y'all have a cloak. You know how they work now, even. Yeah. They figure it out soon enough because the Romulan Cardassian fleet decloaks and they figure out what we already know from last episode that they're going into the Gamma Quadrant. Credits happen. And then we have the mimosa scene between uh, Garrick and Nobun Tate. Team.
3: Yeah, that was that was I loved how ridiculous that was. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, and it also goes back to the, the thing that we that we do like on the show most is the alien cultures interacting with each other. Right. Yes. So, you know, you oh, know, and yeah. then you get to and then you get the whole third level later on. So, like the second time I watched it, it was rewarding as well because you realize there's another sort of dynamic at play but the romulan cardassian interaction which is two alien races which i don't think you've seen together except for the storyline yeah, yeah you know it's going on and it's really you know, it, you know because they're sort of the same characters they're sort of similar alien races especially the way the next generation dealt with them mm-hmm. they're very similar and so to watch them together it's sort of fun because it highlights difference right it, they both have these it's,
1: infamous spy organizations that like yeah i feel like the City in order and the Telsti are. It's like, what's the difference, really? They're uh, both like, oh, yeah, yeah, they're I very, mean, like, everybody's scared of them, you know? But And then they're like, okay, well, yeah. yeah, you're yeah. Right. I mean,
2: they're both used the same, overly knowledgeable, sort of, you know, always playing third dimensional chess
1: or whatever. Right. So, yeah. Totally ruthless. They'll mm-hmm. t- they'll torture a guy. They don't give a fuck. And yeah, yeah. You know, how many lights? Blah blah blah. Tane and Garrick are having reminiscence rem- reminiscing about how great he was at interrogating people and how relish how, how much he got into it. And, Can we
3: just pause real quick to talk about how great Paul Dooley is as Tane? Yeah, yeah. I I feel like again I feel like a lot of the acting choices that you have to make when you're a Cardassian comes with understanding the makeup, and certain guest spots. Cardassians don't do as do well as them, yeah. as well as others. Dooley does a fantastic job as a Cardassian. Like right. he seems actually comfortable in his skin, which a lot of those Cardassians look uncomfortable.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think the the key to for me, I think the key to great Cardassian acting is just having such a distinctive. Voice, Yeah. yeah, It's all in the voice. Like it's all that,
3: talking underneath the makeup, like knowing your, yeah, yeah. your tools
1: underneath the makeup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the, I don't know who it was that was Odo's just Cardassian contact in the cave. Yeah. Last, oh, yeah episode, last episode. But that guy was amazing and he never saw his face, but just his voice. He sold the shit out of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and one of my favorite parts of this scene
3: was whenever Garrick was wanting to take old dude Gul he was what they Oh yeah. He was, oh, yeah. He, it was like his first order of business when he gets on in, like, back in the fold is to take out Dukat.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. They're talking about Doctor Parmac and how Garrick just stared at the guy for four hours to break him, and he's like, "Oh, that he was, was a so hard funny.
3: OG." Is what we learned from that yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah. Like
1: it, <laughs> and then go. But we finally, because last time we got the Garrick and. Ducat history. I think it was in Civil Defense, the uh, Escape the Room episode. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, where I was, I was kind of lamenting that they never really go into that deeper because I felt like that was like a key to his backstory or something. Yeah, but they kind of go into it, and then in Nobrantane is just like. Oh, that business with the arms merchant. Oh, I bet when you get back to Gartasia, you want to have that guy taken care of, don't you? And I almost expected Garrick to say, no, I've learned something about, I don't think I want to. But he's like, yeah, fuck that guy.
2: I take it you'd like to have him eliminated. A thought had
1: crossed my mind. You would like to have him eliminated. Innated.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but no, I think uh, the Garrett growth in this episode, or not growth, but just like all of the character stuff with him, is yeah. This the, was special.
1: This was. There is some growth though.
2: Yeah. Or with, yeah, yeah. No, there is uh, complexity. I don't know. Uh, there's growth, I guess, but there it's more that there's complexity.
3: Right. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's very complex. But the, yeah. yeah. The final shot remind me to put a pin in the final shot. Of this okay. Show.
3: Well, yeah. here let's talk about character complexity in Star Trek just for a second. Where? What other examples? Thus far, do we have this level of complexity with character building in the Star Trek universe? Mm. I'm talking about like in May 1st, 1995, with what's come before.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to think
3: where um, somebody as complicated as Garrick that's given that much attention. Anybody come close? And I Actually, I do have one that might could that might get within a hair of it, and that might be Worf because he is of two worlds yeah. and him having to deal with his adopted parents and adopted culture. And to but fit they in don't.
2: They f- don't go for the. Ju- I mean, it gets close. You're right. They're playing with uh, the same. They're playing but- with. Yeah. Being of
3: two but, worlds and and wanting to well,
2: but that's kind of there's, there's mirrors, never an episode there's, that
3: kind of mirrors the Spock being of two worlds too. Yeah, I don't yeah,
2: know. but I mean, but I mean, Garrick full out tortures a guy. Yes, he does. <laughs> right. I mean, like like full out tortures like a main character. But that's his old job too. So. Yeah, no, <laughs> right. yeah, I know. But like he, you, you think that he's going to be, you think you're going to get some type of growth or, or redemption. Redemption, we he's don't. Not, we well, you get redemption, re- well, well, sort of. Well, <laughs> but you think that what you want is that I like Garrick, so therefore I wouldn't like a torturer, so this shit is behind him. Right. That's
3: not that's not what happened No,
2: this shit isn't like behind him. He didn't pack this stuff up. It's still a part of yeah. it, and you know, well, in the way see, that, like, look, like, like
3: being Woody Allen, even though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> so I'm well. sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, <laughs> I guess well, go on. So wait a minute Finish now. Uh, well,
2: I was gonna make. I was gonna make it was like a. It's like you know when you're when you get in a relationship with a drug addict or an alcoholic, uh-huh. and then you're like you cheated. like you you fall off the wagon. It was like, yeah, I'm a fucking alcoholic. This is gonna <laughs> be a thing my whole life. You know, and so like I think that Garrick is the same way. He was like, I didn't ask you guys to like me, right? But (laughs) since you do, and I like, I ain't, I didn't become a different person, right? And I, you know, he actually has
3: that scene where he says to Odo where he's making fun of them, like, Oh, I know this is so hard on you because we were so <laughs> close. Yeah, yeah. And I and, pledged and, you, you know, my all... undying
1: faith and devotion <laughs> to yes. you and yes. the Federation. <laughs> yes.
3: And we had a Wasn't so many that, of it. that was so good because it needed you know, one of the reasons why that particular little moment was so satisfying is because it needed to be acknowledged. Yeah, yeah. And that's our complaint about a yeah, lot of the mm-hmm. stuff earlier is that they're just ignoring or glossing over certain stuff. Yeah. It's... And they dealt with it so adeptly.
2: And so that you don't, I mean, like, you as a viewer are upset with Garrick for making these choices. But, yeah. But, like, it's not like Garrick is not betraying anybody's trust. No. Like, he's never asked for your trust.
1: Right. And there are little hints... And just well done character interplays to know that he's has some feeling behind it. Like when yes, him and yes. Tane are talking about Mila, you know, Tane is this huge figure that he cares for, and you think, oh, Tane's kind of a fun guy. Tane cares cares for Garrick, and then they
2: have a mimosas together. So
3: yeah,
1: yeah, 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 and they're reminiscing about torturing people. <laughs> they're having a
2: Cardassian brunch. Right, right.
1: <laughs> and then, but then Tane is like, oh yeah, I'm gonna have to kill Mila when we get back. And yeah, and. and uh, you know, Garrick's like, wait, what? <laughs> That's like, it's like, yeah, she knows too much about me. He's like, yeah, but she's, come on, man. He's like, oh, are you being sentimental now? It's like, you know, she's good for it. She's not going to turn on you. He's like, well, oh, she, uh, she vouched for you too. There's little chinks there of like, you could see the time when that Garrick spent with the Bajorans and federation is yeah, kind of altered. And
2: him. I think that for the most part, the plot never makes you think that he did a full heel turn. Right. Like, you know, it's a steal uh, wrestling reference but like that that there is still some you know that he's obviously he runs interference on the idea of killing odo yeah. he doesn't want to torture odo at the beginning he has to kind of like he's kind of forced into it he's right, like oh we'll just and, get the
1: yeah we'll we'll get them to do it they don't give a shit yeah and i was like no 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 i'll do it and colonel Lovak is real
2: that scans weird i mean everybody that's listening to this podcast to watch this episode so the main i mean i guess i should just because you want to talk about this on two levels. Because the main Romulan is is a founder. He's a duper. Right. He's a changeling. Yeah. Yeah. And so the the whole time that they're arguing over which one of them gets to torture Odo, you things like certain things that happen in that scene, like when a says that they've developed a thing that keeps them from shape shifting, the Romulan reacts pretty harsh at that oh, and at first yeah. and at first you read it as like Romulan's not oh, yeah. you know w- wanting, wanting to know everything why, why didn't we know it? yeah yeah, wanting to know everything you didn't share this with us yeah but like at that you're like oh that there's
1: oh my god Yeah,
2: they, they can hurt Odo more than we thought they could right yeah was how that reads the second viewing I only watched and so, it once this
1: time confession but yeah that's totally y- y- right
2: yeah so there's some interesting sort of interplay in this scene and uh, oh, all what, of those what scenes yeah just go ahead and ruin it I mean we don't have to go we can go
3: we can skip from. I, did. I yeah, just did. I just did. No, he, I did yeah. But I thought you said that you... <laughs> He's
1: uh, a changeling.
3: But yeah, that you got to say it, though. You didn't say it, say it.
2: He's a founder. He's yeah, a changeling. Yeah. Okay,
3: yeah. He's a shapeshifter. Yeah, yeah. Said He's a part of the yeah. Dominion, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. So it, Now, okay, speculative nerd corner. All right, real quick. <laughs> okay. Do you guys think Ba-da-da. this particular shapeshifter... Is a was a baby sent out into space like Odo?
2: Nah, no, I think he was he was of the lean. So why? The, but they
3: sent the babies out. I thought to be like to be these sleeper agents.
2: They may have, and then someone may have already learned a lot well, about the Romulans.
3: Babies... could have been
2: activated.
3: Like he could have been a baby, and then at, like well, race no, the...
1: because none of the babies, unless have made it back. Odo was the first one to get back. That's I mean, right. Uh-huh. Okay, Maybe well... that guy came back later. But as far and as and you
2: do meet later on in another episode, you do meet another okay traveler and, like, they're not... Yeah, that's They don't right. know... I mean, they're Odo. They they don't know what's going on. Right. So, because
1: they, they, they say it. We, they didn't expect Odo for another 100 years, so... I mean, yeah.
2: how stupid do you have to be to mess with a
3: society... If you're a secret organization... Here's my thing. My only complaint about mm-hmm.
1: this
4: mm-hmm. is
3: the, the twist in this is that Cardassia... And the Romulans attack the Dominion homeworld and it's a setup. Yeah. They the Dominion just like cuts right through their whole it's fleet. Yes,
2: just And yeah,
3: a very like for nineteen ninety five, this was the space stuff looked you know, kiss fingers. Yes. Yeah. You know? yeah.
2: Yeah. No, it's, it took them 20, uh, 20 something day. It took them longer to do that battle than it took them to write and develop the screen. No plane. way. Well, no. it
3: still holds up. I think as yeah. far as no, like, I, yeah. because it's not too long. It's not too
1: short. <laughs> Good job. Akudas. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Akudas did it, but yeah. my,
3: my point is, is that you've got two of the, the sneakiest sneaks, in the Alpha Quadrant, the baddest of the badasses. Mm-hmm. And they think they can mess with, you know, games got to recognize game. You really think you could fool <laughs> yeah. an organization that can just take the shape of anybody? Like you're a spy. You should know that the easiest thing to be if you're a spy would be a shapeshifter.
1: Yeah. It I seems mean,
3: a little bit like when, and of course, Tane, whenever, you know, like,
1: recognized yes, games. Tane recognized game. Yes. Well, Tane recognized games. the <laughs> end. Right. <laughs>
5: yeah. 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 yeah.
2: yeah. But that there was a hubrisness to it that like why didn't you think that these guys yes. are I mean yeah, these guys yeah. dominate a quadrant they've got to be pretty right they got to be pretty smart they got to yeah.
1: yeah and he and he he kicks himself in the ass like I would never have let a Romulan get that close to me even if I didn't suspect him of being a changeling back in the day
2: yeah so he had missed a step and I think that that's why they explain some of it away oh my favorite but,
3: my favorite part of that missed a step scene at the end mm-hmm. is after. Odo punches Garrett to get him off the ship. Yeah, Tane kind of makes you gotta watch out. He like kind of like sleep. He's he's still in a haze, and it's like an acting <laughs> choice. That he's yeah, like you yeah. gotta watch out for them. Yeah. They're they're good they're, or something like that. They're it's they're like shapeshifters.
1: Are. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, yeah, can't trust him. <laughs>
3: after I mean, after he's been punched and he's been knocked out, like he's vaguely aware of his surroundings, but he's still like in his, like, weird, regretful feud. Yeah. Like, that that's how I am at the end of Fantasy Baseball. Like, that's me, Tane. <laughs> Everything's burning around me. I'm sitting in my, I'm sitting in, you know, my living room, looking at everything burn around me, thinking about all the stuff. Like,
2: Why did I trust Xander Bogart right, so much? <laughs> right,
3: Yes, 20 years ago, I would it's not like, have let this happen.
0: There was a time when nothing got past me. You remember, don't you, Eli? Yes.
3: So that's, I would have not carried him past the all-star break. That's exactly right. Like, yes. Yeah, that was one of my favorite little acting... Right. tons of acting choices to pick yeah, up on. So yeah, so
1: the camera oh. work is, are, is so good. And it's all these low angles and yeah. making it. Oh, this- the end. Yeah.
3: Where they don't show Odo in that, convers- oh, that yeah, final yeah, conversation, final yeah. conversation, and they mm-hmm. just stay on. Yeah. I mean, when did, when did this become like a visual medium all of a sudden? When did TV... Because <laughs> it's normally just talking heads. And so... You know with just a couple angles you know coverage sh- shot so, yeah yeah
1: like <laughs> just like kira in the defiant it's all a low angle we see the ceiling of that's the some of tarantino
3: the... type shit with the two with the two when the did kira... we
1: ever see the ceiling of the enterprise <laughs> like, that's true yeah it's got her at her console and it's cisco is behind her and it's a low angle pointing up at cisco coming over her and and we see the ceiling that
2: <laughs> it's like- yeah, I guess I should say that um, I've been pretty hard on him before, so I guess I should give him credit. This is—I uh, know we said this earlier, and we were wrong, or I was wrong, but um, this is the first episode where receive Stephen Bear really took over the show. Oh, really? So he had actual full control of the show, <sighs> and these were these were things and direction choices that he wanted to make about having a more active camera shot, having more space battles that weren't just talked about, but actually seen— So these things are all, like, his hobby. So it's like
1: Brad Bird coming on The Simpsons, and it's like, wait a minute, we can do different angles just because it's the cartoon (laughs) we've been doing for 30
2: years. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so this is, uh, so that's one of the things that, like, so... I think you may be seeing a little bit of Ira Stephen Bear's effect there. So. I, well, kudos yeah. to him. I didn't. Yeah,
3: I didn't realize so much of what I liked about the last two episodes was him trying to push in a different direction. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't even remember if some of the visual stuff is sustained over the rest of the series,
2: really. Oh, I mean, you think about the last 10 episodes of the show. I mean, yeah, you know, okay. It's okay. a movie. It's a movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know. it, it varies yeah, yeah.
1: director to director, but yeah, yeah, it does pick up. Yeah,
2: the visual style of, of epicness is maintained.
1: I'm sure we're going to get some stinkers every now and then. But
2: <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. no. I'm, I'm, I've i learned enough from doing podcast doing this podcast <laughs> that, that you don't say, we've turned the corner, folks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I'm sure once we get into the middle of season four, we might get some... Well, man, but.
2: But this is the episode where, when I was, you know, because it's been a running joke in my family, because I guess my wife never, I thought my wife watched it with me, but nope, she never did. And so she would always like, you know, when she would watch me doing this for the podcast, she'd like, why do you like this show? Yes, <laughs> and uh, and I was like, no, it's good at times. And she's like, this episode, isn't. and I was like, yeah, of course this episode is. You know, and it was like that all the time. And this if was you'd like, my wa-
1: all of them with me, like I've offered. <laughs> uh, yeah, you might see, you might enjoy it more instead of just complaining about this. I agree, this one sucks. But not this, not this one. But.
2: but on this, she was watching it. She was like, what's going on? I was like, this is the good one. This is the good stuff. Mm-hmm. This is the stuff I like. Right here. It never really went away for the whole episode. Yeah, like, like going though. back
1: to the Cisco stuff where he's... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like we, we mentioned before, like he's like, all right, I got orders to not go into the wormhole after Odo, but fuck it. I'm going after our guy. Mm. And then he gives yeah. the requisite, like, hey, you don't, this. You you might get court-martialed for this, so show up on the define if you're in. And then everybody shows up, including Eddington. Like, oh, yeah, remember Eddington came oh, on. Yeah, the yeah, yeah.
2: Fucking
3: Eddington.
1: We, we,
2: need to, we need to talk about Michael Eddington. Yeah, but, yeah. like, if I have to have critiques of this thing, it's Eddington-related. But oh, yeah. really? Because
1: uh, I thought it sets up... It gave somebody
2: to Cisco to
1: growl, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... It was like, oh yeah, this guy, this asshole. Remember him? It's like, oh, okay,
2: yeah, but it also like gave forth because I know that they're going somewhere, and I even probably know they're going somewhere with it with this one. They introduced him at the beginning of the season, yeah. and literally no one said his fucking name since for twenty. <laughs> ep- this is tw- episode twenty one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally no one said his fucking name since then, and so it just seems like we forgot to put him in here.
5: Yeah, and See, so no, okay, now and, here's uh, the thing:
3: I, if we had had him in here, man. They could have scrapped some of these episodes and just made an Eddington episodes where we like got to like Eddington. Mm-hmm. So, whenever he actually twists a knife in their back and like snitches on him, it actually stings,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, there
3: could have been some weight to this if they, mm. had yeah, been-
1: every time well, as soon as he shows up, he's like. Even, I mean, these camera work that we've been talking about, it's like these shots of just close up on him with everybody in the background. Yeah. It's I, like a
3: ball of oatmeal on a uniform. You basically <laughs> see him doing
1: that shifty. Speaking, I made a Simpsons reference of like the dog looking back and forth, shady. Yeah. Like, like the, yeah, you know, but, uh, But
2: no, yeah, I know they're going somewhere, and I think, I mean, I think I liked the where they're going with it. I assume Hugh doesn't with Eddington. Well,
1: they even set up, but, well, hey, let's not get in the spoilers. Yeah, yeah. But, no,
2: I don't want to get in spoilers, but they're going somewhere else with him other than what was in the episode
1: right oh yeah yeah so they get off and they go into the gamma quadrant and then their cloak doesn't work anymore and then they're like what the fuck and then we're all like or i was like what's that shifty-eyed Eddington motherfucker, yeah, obviously.
2: Yeah, they were. <laughs> and, they weren't they weren't subtle with that Eddington no, was a, yeah.
1: was a duplicitous concept. And what do you know it was? And then he's like, fuck you guys. Admiral Todman told me to sabotage it, and I did. O'Brien's like, How long is this gonna take to fix Smiley or no O'Brien? And he's like, uh <laughs> ten hours. Like you have two they're, they're he's dead in the he water.
2: That, he's glad he's took that Scotty class on overestimating yeah. his engineering time. Okay,
3: now I have a theory about that. I actually thought about this a little bit, and the time estimation is it'll take ten hours to do the job correctly, and like that's with like all the safety protocols in place, right? We've and even the,
1: established earlier on that O'Brien always gives himself more time than he needs. I, yeah. I understand
3: this, but Odo's life is in danger, yeah. So <laughs> I imagine he's not doing that this time. I imagine that he's probably like it's gonna take ten hours, but like if I don't make sure all the lug nuts on the spare tire are tight, we can have it up in two. <laughs> <laughs> like if you don't go
2: around the lug nuts I don't know like, I, I still think he can get away with lying in this moment and still look looking right. like he's a miracle it worker. takes worker th- because it's not like he's not gonna say well it's how long will it take you to fix it 10 hours it's just gonna say like well we don't have 10 hours let's turn it around Odo's fucking dead, <laughs> right, he's dead. like then then O'Brien it's like I think I can do it okay
3: here here's a good question for you guys and Star Trek fans out there is it time to retire some of this cliche worn out shit yes I mean yes. if we see in discussion. in the first pilot season some Engineers say it's going to take X amount of time to do it, and then the captain says do it in this amount of time. It's getting kind of worn out. So. Also, well, it's, but then
1: there's fan service yeah, exactly. too. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. I, I, they just added hairy mud and every. Well, I've got problems but, with that too. But yeah, I don't well, want
2: to derail this this whole
3: podcast. Yeah, that's get a whole, derailed, but, right. yeah, that's a whole <laughs>
1: other thing. And times, I,
2: I guess we. It's probably. I guess we can say it's probably getting us time for us to start doing some discovery. Yeah, <laughs> especially special pods. We, yeah. we probably will come up
3: with something. It, once yeah. it gets a little. The more meat on meat on the bone. We probably will. Yeah. But I, mm. my point is, is that like if we have to have a bingo sheet for Star Trek <laughs> cliches, how unhappy are we going to be? You know, to have that bingo filled. I think there's some That's fans most
2: definitely where we're going. If we
3: have some fans that don't get that, then they're going to be a, like you can't please everybody. So
2: mm-hmm. they're always going to default to the old obligations
1: and the right, old right. fans. Oh yeah
2: and it definitely seems like where they're
1: going yeah so, it seems and like i don't that's know if, why i'm
2: getting to the
3: point where i'm like well maybe i don't like star trek as much as i thought i, I, well, I did well
1: don't think about what they might be screwing up on discovery think about how great this episode was again. okay
3: yes that's right
1: Sorry derail. to sorry Edding, eddington is just goes like get this guy the quarters confine him he's like wait no if the jim hadar come in here you're gonna need me as a security officer and i'm like why but whatever i guess he's useful but
2: well i guess odo's not there right yeah. right
1: but i mean Kira can use the fucking blasters and he can I mean it, he can say yeah, we do do the omega pattern 5 and while well, they do cool Cisco shows it I don't know that Sis, uh, Eddington's doing anything in the dogfight later on but Cisco's a badass but mm-hmm. he does say the the thing going forward that I thought was interesting to the Eddington arc and I won't say anything spoiler wise. I'll just say what they say here and say it's interesting. And Eddington's like, no, let me stay here in case the Jim Hadar come and and Kira's like, what? How can we trust the guy? Cisco says, I
0: make it a policy to never question the word of anyone who wears that uniform. Uh Don't make me change that policy. I'm just saying
1: Ira Stephen Bear knows exactly (laughs) what... Do you think that that goes for enlisted men? I think Ira Stephen Bear knew exactly what what he was setting up for later. That's all I'll say.
2: About oh that. no! I have a feeling that they knew that when they brought it into this. Uh, should we talk about torture? Well, oh we, yeah, should we talk they about fucked, that scene because it's uh, it, a. The oh, no. <laughs> they,
1: they 3D house of pancakes. <laughs> yeah, something. yeah, like
2: that poor fucker with like the how much they get out of just the flaking. It's that like is, zombie
1: movie shit, but well. it's like to a living guy, and it's like that was harsh. pretty effective. It is, yeah, it was, and it was so well. Around his, his mouth is all black and kind of burnt. One
2: of the things that I've critiqued this show specifically, like on something like Heart of Stone, where I was trying to like struggle to articulate that sometimes I think they don't know how to like pace their big moments so that you either get to them too soon and then just kind of have to sit in them or like they're rushed at the end. But like Heart of Stone, I thought like they got to like the moments where it was heightened to death where it looked like Kira was going to die and they kind of sat in that for too long. This is a perfectly paced torture sequence because you have the long laborious setting up of the the machine. You have Odo's gloriously sarcastic, oh, oh, you're going to torture me. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. that, and that sort of that mawkishness, and then
1: the, like realizing gulp, oh shit, I am scared. Yeah,
2: and then and then how it gets there. There's not a lot of just Odo screaming and flaking and burning. There's not a lot of that, but like there's enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, there's just enough, and then it gets to the point where you get to the core realization. You know, he has a hummingbird, and he has to go south. Yeah, yeah. And he was designed to be a hummingbird, and you can't break that yeah, nature yeah. in him.
1: And he was like, oh, we'll get. I want to go home. I was like we'll get you back to deep space. So yeah. was Like no, that's not what I want. Like,
0: yeah, I like just go, don't yeah. just
1: lie, I don't care. And you see Garrick not being a sociopath.
0: Odo, just tell me what I need to know, and this will end.
1: And the fact it's a whole two-parter is basically showing how much in common Garrick and Odo have, keeping it close to their chest and being able to read people and make assumptions. Mm-hmm. Like even at the beginning. Odo shows his his for where he's like we're not I'm not the enemy. Innerventain you, is your enemy, and you're gonna see that you later. You don't that, see it yeah. yet,
2: and I see that, and you don't. Even yeah. the
1: CGI when he when they finally gives up and let yeah, him go back was... into the bucket, like it was. I mean, just again the shot with Garrick puts his head in his hands, and even the CGI with the flakes that had come off of Odo when he jumped was, back in the bucket. The yeah, flakes jumped back toward in the bucket. Yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, mm. it's, yeah. Even the CGI, which usually just looks cheap in CGI, had an emotional impact the way it was put together. Yeah, you're just like, why
3: can't Star Trek be like this all the time? I mean, it didn't pass the Bechdel test at all. I mean No um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah that would have nope. But they could have Did, did
5: Jadzia
1: I mean, even get on the Defiant? I guess she did I mean
3: I, no she, I think she was in a ready room Yeah I,
2: Listen Somebody, Somebody's gotta defend The Deep Space Nine when they there, <laughs> right? right yeah Here's the thing <laughs> This is
1: why the, Why should they start now? <laughs> well <laughs> Just keep I all your senior staff Into the ship And they might die Yeah
3: that's Yeah well. so let's I think we can at least acknowledge That this is Penis heavy episode We've kind of jumped around Because I've been so excited By this episode.
2: This is this is cursed with that uh with the good episodes we just kinda like blow through them and <laughs> well that and we kinda like we're just uh we're, we're like Chris Farley the Chris <laughs> Farley show <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, <you>
1: remember, remember <laughs> when that thing happened yeah it's yeah. pretty it's pretty great it's pretty cool. <laughs> I think
3: everybody born after nineteen ninety five listening to this podcast, you ought to Google Chris Farley. You, you'll get a real kick out of it. Yeah, the Chris <laughs> yeah. Farley
1: show. It's an old...
2: Then then Google Paul McCartney after you Google <laughs> so you can rec- <laughs> understand that. Like, Let's just ask this because like, is there anything you would change about this episode? Yes, that's what it oh, was. What would it be? My, it goes back to my Michael Eddington thought. I just, there you go. Just
3: once, I would like to see at the beginning when somebody's going to defy orders and say, we we'll probably won't come back alive you don't have to come back on this mission. I'd like to see somebody in a uniform <laughs> yeah. stand up and quietly walk out of the room.
5: <laughs> <laughs> right. um,
1: just, just like, it's like, right. Just And just like, yeah, I don't care how they do it. Like if it's right. like, wait, fuck wait. you guys, on am out. Or just like, well, yeah, what? Wait. Just, wait, just, are
2: we going to die because we're going to save a guy? Who's also a member of the guy, the people who were trying to kill us. Right. And you said it was optional. And you said, it was, this is just optional,
3: right? <laughs> yeah, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm <laughs> going to hold you to that optional thing. If y'all right. do make it back, just don't,
2: <laughs> I guess, won't come up in my performance review
3: right
1: (laughs) this won't affect anything
2: yeah so i got a i got a snifter of synth ale in my apartment and i'm gonna
3: gonna well (laughs) here's the thing is that i would very much be that guy like i think like i'm not all about suicide missions in real life like <laughs> yeah. as much as you, as the people writing these stories would like to put the audience of that place of, of like being with the characters and, yeah. yeah i'm yeah. just like, like
1: O'Brien is no, always like
3: i got like a 401k i gotta worry about and you fuckers are going on suicide missions you're gonna get us all killed or fired health <laughs> right. benefits with it
1: you know but the <laughs> right just like yeah, I got a wife on Bajor, man. I, I gotta...
3: That's another cliche. You know, you don't have to come along. I'd like for once for somebody to, to opt out and be like, look, I'm not the bravest person, so. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, we've oh, been yeah. jumping
1: around a lot. They go back to the, the Changeling homeworld, shoot a bunch of bombs into it and realize that it's a transponder feedback or something. And awesome dogfight where Garrick makes a Shakespeare reference. The fault is not in our stars, but in ourselves. And Auburn is like, What the fuck are you talking about?
2: What? (laughs) My old friend Bashir taught me. Something I learned from
3: Dr. Bashir. Some of that stuff is really hard to say. Like that whole last scene, it seems so corny to say that I learned that from my friend Bashir. Uh, Dr. Bashir, you know this. taint yeah. doesn't know Oh, that was corny. That, was, that was But corny. I'm telling you, but it wasn't so like he it, did. He's he still working that, yeah. it. Yeah, he
2: was still working he, it. He, no, he did a great job. Andrew, I'm not. I'm not insulting Andrew Robinson, and I and uh, I, I don't think that that line survives the script press today. Know, I don't know, man. I it's
1: think, star, I think like, that they we're... they love throwing Shakespeare bonds into Star Trek. I know,
2: but they were afraid that the
3: audience wouldn't remember where he got it from.
1: Talking what? about fan service for Discovery. Hold on. And you don't one. think Discovery Not, yeah. is going to have some Shakespeare quotes in it? No, I would. <laughs>
2: damn it! I'm saying the Shakespeare quote will be there. The I heard that from my friend Julian. I think that they would trust the audience right. to remember okay. that right. element yeah, of okay.
1: it. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> like,
2: no, the the Shakespeare quotes. Everybody likes that. Like nobody, nobody is immune to the throwing in a Shakespeare
1: quote. Except quotes. for J.J. Yeah. Abrams,
2: he replaced all Shakespeare with Beastie
3: Boys for the
1: Calvin <laughs> <laughs> Well, they have their own yeah. kind of iambic pentameter to all their. <laughs> lyrics they do i'm gonna stick my dick in the mashed potatoes
3: i learned that from my <laughs> old friend dr mccoy that's in the kelvin <laughs> that's in the kelvin universe
2: that is i think that that's still some corniness likes to exist back when they didn't trust the audience to be hard watchers of shows see and i think that now there's more hard watchers where they just they're gonna a writer will know that you're gonna put the two and two together
1: i didn't think of it as corny as much as i thought it more of a commentary about aliens' perceptions about human culture.
3: I think you're too kind, Wade. You're
1: a kind because, soul. Well, because they set that up at the beginning of at the cold well, open of these right. past two episodes, and therefore
2: didn't need mm, to sell enough. it, Say, oversell Mike, it at the Dr. Bashir, yeah.
3: It's
1: called bookending, James.
2: But I mean, <laughs> it was a no, 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 doing sell. it. No, that's called lampshading. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay. Like when you're doing, having the Shakespeare quote is bookending. Telling the word like And I remember that From the first scene Of the well, show Well because
1: Anabertain <laughs> doesn't know Shakespeare He's a and So he's like What the fuck's that from It's like well you It's not
2: important That Tain Gets the reference It's, like it's important that we but do It's
1: important to him To say what the fuck Are you talking about Because Garrick likes to Quote That's... literature And it shows Kind of the change In Garrick Where he's accepted These human values A little bit mm-hmm. It's insidious Like root beer But you know Like where he's had His friend Julian Open him up To other cultures Yeah And where he's started to appreciate Shakespeare, which he would probably never admit to Julian because he's always harping on Julian on how great Cardassian literature is. Well,
3: it's like their relationship paid off for the first time ever because it was a way for him to stick it to a bad guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It was a very sad, like those stupid conversations where you're like, just make out already. Those (laughs) conversations actually meant something in that moment. And that's why it was so deeply satisfying.
2: And then I do think that it does denote true growth because I was saying earlier on that you haven't had real growth. They've not shown real growth with Garrick, but they do in this episode. Right, right. And maybe that was why why I was so weird with the wire as an episode. It's because it seemed like it was heavily focused on Garrick and Bashir, but there wasn't a ton of like. True yeah. earned growth in that episode. That was our comp- that was our main complaint yeah. about the wire, and the,
3: was, I think that was our only complaint about the wires that they could have had more yeah. weight
2: to. And it. then, and then this episode manages to. Do all that work. I mean, it's a high Wire thing. was only one episode. Yeah, if yeah, they yeah, yeah, yeah. had
3: two episodes, well, they could have done
2: some real heavy lifting.
3: Well, mm-hmm.
1: if I could fix anything about this episode, I don't know if this is actually... This came up when I was watching it, but I don't know if I would change it. Like, we've talked about Garrick and Bashir's relationship. Of, other than the cold open, this episode really has... And the I learned that from my friend, Dr. Bashir. Yeah. You don't get Which any in there. really... Growth between Bashir and Garrick's relationship, even at the very end.
2: Well, I don't feel like we needed it to. Well, like but at I, the end, he's your point is at the end they sacrifice it for Odo, and right? Like birth.
1: when at the very end, at the I ver- think there's
2: room for two at, friends, guys.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I
2: think,
1: I think garrick has got room for two sure, friends. Sure. yeah. A
2: man can't have more than two friends? What?
3: Right. <laughs>
1: Tom, Tom, you can... When he's back in his um, blown up a tailor shop and he's wiping the mirror off and you see just a silhouette behind him, when I was watching it, I was like, oh my God, that's going to be Bashir saying, hey, I missed you so much. Will you want to come to dinner? <laughs> and, and it wasn't. It was yeah. Odo, but you know what? At the time, I was like, that should have been Bashir for a second and then that scene played out and I was like, nope, that was beautiful. Yeah. It's Odo. It's the Odo. His voice and talking about this But it's his silhouette the whole time They never cut to his face you never see his features. It's only him in the mirror. And then he's like, maybe we should go to breakfast sometime. And then Bashir, and then Garrick's like, you don't want to eat breakfast. And it's like, yeah, I know. The final shot is just like talking about growth with Garrick. It's like, Garrick is like, what the fuck have I done? I made a real friend. <laughs> I don't know how to deal with this. I don't want to like these people. I don't want to like it here. I want to go home to Cardassia, but I can't be Obsidian order, ruthless guy anymore. I can't, I, I like I can't
2: be a multicultural cosmopolitan. Wellington.
1: you can't go home again you know
2: yeah how can how can i vote for republicans when i'm friends with all these gays <laughs> at work right. um i think that there's a bit of a overarching correction here by marrying odo to gary because i think that and this is one of the things that i think and i hope i'm not giving him too much credit this is one of the things i think ronald D. Moore is really good at is noticing what are what are fruitful relationships and what aren't And after you introduce the Dominion and after you introduce the Founders, Odo now becomes a much more important character to not only the show, but to, like, Star Trek lore. And to have most of his time piddling around with with Quark's wacky schemes and have that, like—and I'm sure there's still tons of Quark Odo episodes— but to have a lot of those tied... There's together. a big one. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, there's tons. But to have him tied in with these sort of low-ball raconteur things seems unbefitting of the puzzle piece to solve the Dominion problem. But him having having a relationship with Garrick, not only does it make sense from like a master detective to master spy sort of relationship where, you know, you can funnel information for each other. It's just the perfect back channel to, to do this kind of dirty work business. But not only that, but that both of these guys have an elevated position in the overarching story where with Quark so, I just does not I just and that it sounds is. like it's Oda that keeps Odo it keeps Odo anchored to a lower tier of Deep Space Nine story. Odo's anchored
1: to like the over. It keeps. I mean, the founder stuff is the top anchor. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, I mean, I saw the Garrick and Odo thing is just like just just thematically, these characters are so much alike. It would be a shame if we didn't explore their relationship together and also. Their two cultures and stuff. The same way that it's kind of mm-hmm. a shame that we don't have more, like you brought this up in the podcast previously, that we don't have more Cisco Quark dual duo episodes yes. because they have so much in common. Mm-hmm. To have make them foils of each other, mm-hmm. where he's running the bar and Cisco's trying to run the station, is kind of a shame.
2: They're both facilitators. They're both independent fa- facil- Yeah, yeah. Because they're Because yeah. in that
1: sense, the Cisco, I mean, the Garrick and Odo is kind of that same kind of relationship except they actually deal with it
2: yeah they're they're expatriates mm-hmm. they're now they're both uh traitors right well
1: I and think, just they're or, the or,
2: or, tra- or traitors in spirit right uh and they both are are, are cunningly intelligent
1: yeah their cunning is the main thing to me like the, yeah the, and the way that they can intuit and read people perceptive yeah,
2: yeah, no, no, they're both. Yeah, I mean, like, they're yes, their relationships are very overlap, and and sometimes it's it's great. Like like I was saying earlier, with the getting the Tal Shiar obsidian order together, you know, getting that peanut, you know, that Reese's cup together, it's nice to see these things that are so similar because then you can see their differences. Mm-hmm. And no, yeah, I like that too. I, I guess what my point is is that if you're going forward in this show, if you were going to pitch ten episodes that have Garrick and Odo, or ten episodes that have Odo and Quark. Once those episodes, which ones will have more importance to the Star Trek canon? Yeah. And it seems like the, the Garrick Odo stuff is more fruitful to telling a bigger story, and that excites me.
1: Yeah, at a point it seems like the Quark stuff is kind of relegated to. They're still like we still have to do these one-off episodes, yeah. Comic relief, the comic relief, yeah, yeah. like Light,
3: to lighten the mood, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. But you know, it's good sometimes, and I like some of the Ferengi episodes. But yeah. that doesn't
2: yeah. bo- that doesn't bother me. What bothers me is when like they didn't do it this episode or. Last episode where they wedge him in. Like he, Cork's not in this episode at all.
1: No, usually they wedge him in. Yeah, past tense they did. Yeah, but
2: to, they give him some sort of wacky scene. But this, he, they don't do that at they all. They mentioned well, that you know you can't put paprika in every dish.
3: Right,
1: it works fine without it. Like yes. you know they make Odo's like, hey, Cork uh, wants to take your old shop and open an our jelly and massage facility, and he's like, I don't.
2: Yeah, they're pushing the character, but not pushing him right. Yeah, I, you're right, Hugh. But like there was a while in the first season where this was um, a Cork was about to urkel. This. The
1: show <laughs> yes he was it seems
2: like they're resisting that
3: and that's good you guys have any closing thoughts before we get on to the uh rating magic number yeah
1: mm-hmm. the sad part is i am a pretty good tailor. i like that at the end too that's a good line yeah it's like i hate this place but i'm actually pretty good at yeah, it was good stuff
2: and it's a that's i'll say that that that's a way because i bitch about status quo keeping a lot yeah yeah that's a way to keep status quo but like grow it mm-hmm. you know because it's nice to have him in the tailor shop i get that you don't want to ruin that you you can move people around too much to where they don't have a home and then you don't know what to do with them like that the idea that he's got a home like a, like he's a tailor on the ship so if you don't get to it back to him for five episodes you don't understand you don't have to worry like what the fuck happened to gary right you right. know i like that and but that's a way to do it with growth yeah like he stayed in the same place. the st- The status quo was reestablished. You f- it feels like something has changed. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely. that's that's a good way to do that. So just a good script. All this was good all around. Yeah, this is what I like
3: about the show. This
2: is why we do this. This
3: podcast. Gives me. This just sustains me to come to come on back. No,
1: I was worried too. It's like man, I enjoy doing this too much <laughs> for us to really fall apart here. And
2: we, we were getting punished for this. <laughs>
1: that was. Awesome. And I was trying to bring you guys. I was Trying to force it on you guys to like, no, come on, guys, you have to love this, love this, with me. Love I this like, with me. I
2: do. No, I'm sustained by the like, we're four episodes away from my favorite character getting introduced. We're good, but I mean, I'm good. And by
3: favorite character, I am don't want to spoil it, but it's says uh, Cisco's facial hair. Cisco's, <laughs>
2: no, that's next episode, motherfucker. It's coming <laughs> oh, in next oh, episode. Shit. Okay, this, that's a good transition this to death, this week's. This art. is the death of clean shaven <laughs> Cisco. All right,
3: the, you guys want to take a guess on the star rating from the IMDb folks for the die is cast.
2: 8.4. 8.2. I'm going to go
1: a little yeah. low. Uh,
3: there's 758 votes whoa, on this. that's a lot. And this is at 8.9, motherfucker. That's...
1: Whoa! Whoa, I, whoa, whoa
2: 8.9. Oh,
3: man.
1: I was I was going to go 8.5, and I was like, no, nah, I should lowball it a little yeah.
3: bit. I, seriously, I I am with the IMDb compute. Oh, I am, yeah, yeah. 100%, me too. like... I give this a nine out of ten. I mean, I could barely find fault with it. Other than, I mean, other than the little things I expressed, kind of jokingly about the suicide mission, I think some of the cliches work because they branch off into bigger explorations of character. And I, it's just a lot of penises talking at each other. But um, this was nineteen ninety five, so that's pretty much all they were. I you mean, know, hopefully, were you're, better. You're
2: than right, that. but there are, to be fair, there are decks. I mean whether they whether, Kira. whether they're all they, about they, men there's Dax they, Kira episodes whether they're all about men or whatever I don't know yeah. and that's the problem with the the other side of the Bechdel test but there are female centric Star Trek episodes but even the Bechdel test itself was a pretty low bar No I agree
3: I
1: agree yeah. <laughs> I don't think I agree. your representation in in media I think pretty much every Kira Dax conversation has some reference to who Dax is dating or the guy with the transparent skull. And that,
2: and that, is, that is definitely, a, that is just as much a problem as yeah. this episode Not, I mean, really,
3: night. all the Dax-Kira conversations should be about how Kira killed a Cardassian with a piano wire when she was <laughs> yes. nine years old, <laughs> covered in mud, eating shit every day. Yeah, that's, she, that's, she grew, that's grew up as Rambo. Yeah, like yeah she, she grew up in the shit. Yeah. And it still comes like, Kira... It's like the most, should be the most street smart person there. And I feel like they do a disservice to her, like, you know, her losing
2: those roots.
1: Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. But, Kira's great. Yeah, right? yeah, and, I,
2: and I
3: missed Kira. That wasn't
1: this. in that ep- this episode, but this was a great episode. I think we'll all agree. Yeah. Right.
2: And I'll say, I'll say before we leave that the next episode is one of my favorites. Right. You've been hyping. And I've rewatched it. I've rewatched it and I like it. Just as much as I thought. Now, it might not be everybody's cup of tea, and it is a, it is a bottle episode and a small ball, but I liked this episode. Okay. I liked the next episode quite I a bit. I was worried because uh,
1: I remember you hyping Explorers a while, and I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I
3: remember you hyping it for like the whole. No, I, like, I love Explorers. You've talked about Explorers like five. <laughs> this will be an interest. next week will be a
2: very interesting show of the rules of acquisition. <laughs> That's fine. Because... I'm just saying that I've watched it. I've watched oh, I, it again. Oh, I and, I like it. Okay. <laughs> and I like it. And I like it. I'm glad. Well, so it's not like you're not going to get depressed, James, but. <laughs> So, all right, right. Um, I hope,
3: hopefully, I I fall in that same camp, and it won't be like I won't come at you with knives <laughs> out next week. I'm ready.
2: I'll be ready. I'll, I'll be <laughs> prepared. I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna come out with no points to make, just because it's all like defensive shit. <laughs> like, right. All <laughs> right. So, what's up?
4: Wait. Uh... Talk
0: to me. Tell me something. Can you lie if you have to? But say it now, please.
1: Mm -hmm. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to uh, Priority Transmissions. We're just getting into the Dias cast. We just finished that up. That was a great episode, wasn't it, guys?
2: That was great. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that was was fantastic. Yep, Fantastic.
1: All right. But we won't waste any time here. We're going to jump straight into... First off here, we got one from Tom from Cleveland here again. Y'all want to just jump into it? Motherfuck, yeah.
5: Gentlemen, this is Tom from Cleveland calling back. Just that I wax a little more philosophical uh, opinions on this great little workplace drama that we all enjoy called Future Space Nine. Excited to see this great two part episode coming up with Improbable Cause and the Dias cast. Uh, it kind of goes back to my previous statement about the greatness of DS9 villains, and that's what makes the show, I think, accessible to people. That the villains in this series are, uh, they're not crystalline monsters or dragons or Greek gods exiled on a planet. They're just people with a different philosophy. They have a different way of looking at the universe. It's like that co-worker who just you still got to work with, but they just kind of needle you. And the Cardassians are phenomenal with that. This episode, Improbable Cause, Derek does a phenomenal job pointing out just, some of the idiosyncrasies, the inconsistencies of the Federation, where he's you know, playing out, of course, Julius Caesar was betrayed. Uh, the, the moral of Peter and the Wolf, obviously, you never tell the same lie twice. It uh, just makes a lot of sense. The episode itself, Kane's plan, uh, a little convoluted, committing genocide in order to get out of retirement, uh, seems a bit extreme. Kind of like Kissinger in the early 80s saying, you know, I want to get back into politics and deciding to carpet bomb Vietnam. Probably not the best plan. Uh, to quote Tony Stark, but again, it's one of those things that make the show interesting, makes it fun to watch. And again, I think we've got some great stuff coming up, uh, and looking forward to your comments on it, but thanks. Bye.
1: Yeah. I, well. I agree with that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it be
3: interesting if the bad guys were dragons, but they, it was still like a workplace <laughs> drama? I mean, if the bad guys were dragons with a different point of view, I get what he's saying. It does help that the Cardassians are basically lizard people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do
1: they have tails Though That's what Tumblr wants to know. Do they?
3: Do we, do we know
2: that? Oh, I've seen Deviant Art of both forms, but I don't know. Yeah, right. that, it's a
1: thing. The DS9 <laughs> fan tumblers are just they'll just post pictures of dancing lizards and just like, hey, everybody knows what this is about, right? And some of us are like, what? And then some of us are in the know.
2: Yeah, there's lots of, uh, I mean, there's lots of Garrick, Bashir. Oh, yeah. Romance. Ro- romance. Sure. Drawings. Yeah. Uh, and some some have tales.
3: Tom's <laughs> so right, th- though, about the overall beauty of the show is that the bad guys are such interesting, three-dimensional, fleshed-out characters. And occasionally, they do want to, like, commit genocide to skip out of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's not an uncommon feeling. Yep. amongst feelings. All
1: right. Yeah we're doing lightning rounds huh yeah mm. yeah
2: we're we're hitting
1: yeah it. yeah all right yeah we've we've had trouble getting all of your voicemails in we're gonna try and get as much as we can all right moving on to the next one thanks again for the call greg tom. really yeah enjoyed tom everything
3: it's tom from cleveland wasn't it
1: tom, yeah did it, what did i call him tom of finland tom of greg 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 from finland greg's from north carolina sorry uh, cut that out. Okay. Yeah. Thanks again, Tom. That was an awesome call. Uh, we love hearing from you. Uh, you know, we yeah.
2: it a little bit more when we thought you were Greg. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should accompany some Tom of Finland artwork when we when we go. Yeah.
1: All right. And coming up here now, we've got another priority transmission incoming from the Netherlands. Our good friend Stefan out there. Y'all ready for this?
4: Hello guys, this is Stefan. A couple of weeks ago on one of your podcasts you asked for listeners to give ideas for additional podcasts which you might be interested in doing. Um, I'm sure you're all aware of what we left behind. The crowdfunding campaign for that documentary was Quite successful. Um, I'm guessing it probably made more money than Star Trek Beyond did. Um, <laughs> I think it's yeah, it's produced by Iris Stephen Bear, directed by Adam Nimoy. It looks like it could be quite interesting. So why don't you guys do a podcast on that when it airs or streams or whatever? I certainly listen to that. And of course, Star Trek Discovery is streaming or airing or whatever you want to call it these days mm, when it does perhaps you can devote some time and attention to that i mean it's a new star trek show it's gonna be great right i mean it's a prequel again but you know it's star trek so it's good fan favorite harry mudd is gonna be in it apparently okay um but you know it's it's good it's a new star trek show could mm, Will be Okay. Um, if it's not good, we can also talk about it. So <laughs> you, either, either way, you could do a podcast or not. Maybe that's a thing. And on a slightly different subject, uh, last week you, you asked uh, for a mailman to do some uh, deliveries for you to endorse the podcast. Well, I am a mailman, so maybe we can <laughs> make a deal. Um, in exchange, I would like some DS9 ASMR. Um, you could have the... Robot voice, do lines from past tense and maybe a little bit of soundscaping. I think we can make it work. All right, uh, best of luck to you guys, and uh, talk to you soon.
0: The ghosts. <laughs>
4: Stephen. Stephen
3: is hitting a lot of our buttons here with that call. Um, yes, we are interested in that Deep Space Nine documentary. We are interested in Discovery. We're going to to see how those get deployed, and we're going to reconvene and figure out how to cover it.
2: I mean, I think it's safe to say right now that we're probably going to do a podcast on Discovery.
3: Well, we think, we think we think we think that we're going we're going to try something like that, but yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, can we try don't want to we're not going to promise that you won't have to shell out something for i i don't know no no, no.
1: yeah yeah we, we have not
3: figured out the nuts and butts n- well, nuts, nuts, nuts and, butts and butts of it butts. N- the nuts and butts of it nuts and butts <laughs> and we're thinking about actually calling our discovery
2: star trek discovery show nuts and butts but yeah yeah, yeah. The nuts and butts of star trek discovery and i and i think that in general we if are if Brian all... Fuller was
1: doing it we might have some <laughs> <laughs> that american god is pretty great huh and it's pretty it's pretty uh, controversial
2: No, uh yeah no, i think that we are all uh upset that we were all very excited about it and then brian fuller got fired quit we we're all uh, he quit because way... he, he was
1: over he was overbooked. yeah uh
2: that's not what it i mean that's what it sounded like at the time it's not what it sounds like now because brian fuller's like they know my cell phone number oh
1: well yeah well because they were he was like i got i gotta get make this show get out and they're like we want it next week and he's like Fuck you guys! I got I got commitments. Yeah. Then they also want to like
2: lard it full of fan favorites like Harry. Well, Mullen that's and-
1: that Akiva Goldsmith. At some point, we should do a just one-off podcast about the prelude to Discovery. Yeah. Or something because I got opinions. We
2: should do like we should do a little work on the, like all of the foreboding, <laughs> the storm clouds around yeah. this project.
1: Stephen, you're on to something there, buddy.
2: Yeah, we're not gonna ignore it. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I think the other thing is the, the question out there, outstanding question is, do we, should we, should we watch Babylon 5? Well, we, yeah, we, and, uh, we, well, we're, we haven't, hey, wait till we have viewers
1: that. tell us to do it, man. I don't, I don't.
2: Yeah, yeah. All right. Nobody called in with their Babylon 5 thoughts yet, so.
1: Yeah, not yeah. yeah. Oh, and yeah, if, are you, are are you really a mailman, Stephen? That's pretty cool. That's,
3: that's pretty amazing, Stephen,
1: yeah. <laughs> Because we we have some periodicals to give you (laughs) that you can pass out. In the Netherlands. Yeah, Yeah, I I don't care where they come from. Wait,
2: wait, is the lead in Babylon 5 Bruce Boxleitner? Yes. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I didn't know that. James is on board. Yeah, they parted out
3: Tron for... (laughs) Okay. See, now you're starting to get the picture, aren't you? That Babylon 5 (laughs) picture. See, you're Babylon 5 curious. (laughs) You're just like me. All right. (laughs)
1: I'm just going to work on some mouth noises here. Hey guys. Oh, what here.
3: else? What else do we got next? Wait.
1: <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on. I've, I've got one, uh, one last thing here. We, we've mentioned that we want people to start leaving us iTunes reviews. I've got a review right here that I'm going to go ahead and read. Uh, um, it's your own. You your own <laughs> um, and... no, exactly. I'm not exactly, <laughs> not, a, I have some confusion about this review actually. Uh, I'll just read it, and then you tell me which way it's falls, because I've got some notes about their... <laughs> you, you're going to critique the review? Yeah, all right. Well, the name of this review, the review title is Nah. Oh, it's a negative? Yep. <laughs> oh, we have a negative review? Fuck them! Oh, okay, well, what is it? Yeah, like Nah by Miniature. Okay. okay. It says, I love Star Trek, and I love Star Trek discussion. DS9 is the best series for in-depth obnoxiously nitpicky analysis so i've been looking for the best ds9 podcast i like how these guys pick apart each episode all right that sounds like a good review mm-hmm. wait but i don't love three dudes to occasionally regurgitate lines that they read from more woke people in an attempt uh- in an attempt <laughs> to not sound as ignorant and tone deaf as they are one episode in for casual racism Two for slurs. Maybe it gets better. Maybe not. I don't have the time to find out.
2: Oh, 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 funny. So I'm sorry, Richard Spencer. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah. Oh man, did we hurt somebody's <laughs> little feelings? Oh. Well, I don't. Like, I don't get the regurgitated by. See, like, well, okay, so. the
1: first time I read it, I was like, wait, because you know I'm. I'm a sensitive little snowflake over here, guys. My feelings get hurt real easy and I need my safe space. But at first I was like, wait a minute. Is he saying that we are casually racist and are we making slurs? No, he's I like, think he's no, that no, 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 he was
3: no. keeping tabs of uh, on what we were keeping, like, we were bringing uh, up slurs our, and catchall, like, yeah. one episode in,
2: and we- m- Of our cultural Marxist analysis.
3: Right. So oh, sure.
1: God. Well, I mean, we we don't have our own ideas. We're just listening to these more woke people and regurgitating. Well, I think
2: that, I think by saying that, by reading by more woke people, I think that he's calling us race traitors. <laughs> like, I'm not, I don't want to put words in his mouth, oh, huh? but, <laughs> but I think that, like, he's saying that- I think
1: that's very tone-deaf, James.
2: Yeah, it may be tone-deaf. <laughs> like,
1: like Miniature says, but we're not. I don't, I don't know.
2: Yes, I think that that's what he's saying. I don't understand. There's either that, or he's saying we're not woke enough. enough, or the wife people shouldn't touch on these. That's, I don't know.
1: that's what I was like, you know, my big well.
2: Like, I'm shocked that he's not coherent in his criticism. It's shocking.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, being the special snowflake that I am, I was worried that we offended somebody. No, I And I hope that Miniature is still listening Mm -hmm. when we're talking about his review here so he can call in and and let us know exactly how he feels. Because I want to know from everybody. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I think that
2: we we had to ruin his—we were ruining his nerd time by bringing in politics. Okay. And that bothers him. Yeah. And, so, and so he established a gambit well, to critique us in that way. All right. Well, okay. Um, having been called. Yeah. Moving into our plugs having here. Having been called a lot of names on the internet. Having been called a lot of names on the internet this week. Uh, this one's one of the milder <laughs> ones, but I think I get where it's coming from.
1: Okay. So. Yeah. That's what I was saying. And Hey, everybody. We're moving into the end of this now. We're into our plug <laughs> section. As we go forward, I expect we might get some more uh, yeah responses from people that just don't like <laughs> James for the race trader that he is. Oh uh, yes. That makes sense. <laughs> I wonder how somebody like
3: that
2: could have found us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe that, Oh, cause oh. I do put this on my, well, yeah. uh, Wait I do. To, oh, takes a lot. James. line. I think, yeah, that maybe he did find it. out. I'm gonna bring all of the, all of the race realists oh, to our to our iTunes reviews. Yeah. Okay. So I guess I'd plug. Uh, yes, I did. Uh, I have had a, by my estimation, a successful launch of my YouTube channel, and I think I probably have some of you listeners to thank for that, and so I appreciate it. Uh, so as of right now, I just have the one video up, but it's it's doing really well. I've uh, had several arguments on Reddit and YouTube <laughs> comment sections uh, with race realists. Where can people find this? What's the name of it? It's called Forever James's on YouTube. Uh, you can search search up that or search up Reading the Right, Volume One: The Bell Curve, which is the only video that's up right now. But Forever James's. Yeah. Uh, That's also my YouTube handle. So if you want to follow me there too. But as of right now, it's doing pretty well. And it's just the YouTube page. I don't have a Patreon or anything like that right now. But yeah, check it out if you haven't and leave me a like and a comment.
1: Uh, It's going really well. Yeah. All right. Uh, Yeah. I've been keeping up. I've enjoyed it. (laughs) Do you
2: stay for the race realist
3: (laughs) (laughs) argument? I have a weekly comic strip and daily comics posted to my Tumblr and my Facebook. You can find it by typing in crimes against hughes manatees in your google machine or you can go to www.patreon.com backslash c a h m yeah crimes against humanities it's a comic strip if you like comics have a look
1: thanks yep all right and yeah i guess i'll Mm -hmm. go ahead and plug good stuff it's great stuff (laughs) if you're in the new york city area i was really uh, beta in my plugs for the show last time anyways look up no feelings presents this comedy show i do with these guys that i met doing improv years ago and they're good friends of mine we do a variety show every month at qed in astoria if you don't like us we have guests on doing crazy stuff sometimes anyways the next show is an escape room themed show at qed astoria if you liked our civil defense episode me talking all that bullshit about escape rooms Look up No Feelings Presents, QED, Astoria, eh, and and I'm done because most of you are in the Netherlands or other places and it's no good. I'm not on the internet.
3: <laughs> All right. You got the voicemail and the email that you want to give out for the rule of uh, acquisitions? Oh,
1: yes. Yes. And please, we love hearing from you. We want to get as much of your voices in this outside of ours. Yeah. Give us a call at 917-408-3898 or leave us a recorded message under three minutes, preferably at rulesofacquisitionpodcast podcast at gmail.com. And maybe we'll use that that way. we got a few of those in the show. So uh, yeah, there you go.
2: All right. All right. All right. Thanks
3: for listening. We'll see you next week. Three to beam out.
0: Beep. Do you know the cunt weasels that run this show have a call in line? where you can express your DS9 wishes and DS9 dreams into their earholes holes. They will play them on air and try to be nice to you, because one day they hope to sell you blue apron snacks and underwear made out of modal. The number is 917-408-3898 that number again is 917-408-3898. You will probably want to talk about how hot Dax and Bashir are, that is great. These pretentious asses also love it when people say they are wrong. So feel free to do that, James will probably go off on a knowingly obtuse rant about construction issues or political sophistication we know you love that, again 917-408-3898. Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes? Doesn't that piss you off? Please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes.